Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. If you missed last week, we talked about what wisdom is and and how it works and where you can get it. As a review real quick, wisdom is knowledge applied skillfully. It's knowledge applied skillfully. It's the truth. You've got to have the correct information, uh, but it's got to be applied through activity, and then that application is skillful. You you know, you can apply the truth in a bad way, and that's not wisdom. Um, And so we've got to learn how to apply uh, uh, truth skillfully to our lives through practice and instruction. We look at Proverbs 4, 7, talking about how... How important wisdom is. It says wisdom is the principal thing. That word means the beginning thing. Uh, it, it means foundational thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. Make sure that you don't forget about wisdom. It's that important. Now, for some reason, wisdom is one of those things that's so important, but we, we forget about it. And we, we think, ah, you know, wisdom, that'll come over time, whatever. Here's what I know about you guys, is that you like to take quizzes about yourself. What 80s movie are you? These BuzzFeed quizzes, these Facebook quizzes. I've seen the results that you post. Don't act like you don't do this. So I want to give you a quiz this morning. Do you need wisdom? Take the quiz. There are going to be five things here. If you, if, if three or more of these things apply to you, you might need wisdom in your life. Are you ready? Here they are. Have you ever said something that you later regretted? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand, but I appreciate the honesty. A few people are like, oh yeah, this morning, twice. Okay. So, yeah, well, then you might need wisdom because wisdom says to think before you speak, right? So this is one. Maybe that applies to you. Here's another one. Have you ever been listening to someone's instruction and thought, I know this already? Huh? Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, uh, wisdom will make you open to instruction no matter what the source is and no matter what your personal history is. Wisdom says you still need to listen. Okay, all right, we'll see how, how we're doing on the quiz so far. Okay, here's, here's another one. Have you ever found yourself doing something you never thought you'd do? And you're like, what am I doing? I've told people not to do this, and here I am doing it. Wisdom says to ponder the path that you're on before you get to where you're going. It says, hey, if you will pay attention to your path, to where you're going, then where you end up won't be a surprise. Maybe that one applies to you. Here's another one. Four, have you ever thought you were the exception to a rule? (laughs) Woo, oh my gosh. I always bring up traffic because it's just a personal pet peeve of mine. I I was going in and out of a parking lot uh, in town uh, this weekend, and there is a one-way entrance, and you can't, you're not supposed to exit out of that, that, that road. 
And like people are lined up exiting through that one way, going the wrong. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? And I wanted to lay on my horn, but then I remembered the VFC sticker on the back of my car. And I thought, you know what? We're just not going to do that right now. We're just going to pray that the Lord convicts them of their stupid driving. Okay. Yeah, if you've ever thought you're the exception to the rule, wisdom promotes a healthy distrust of yourself. You know, the reason we think that we're the exception to the rule is because we think, ah, I've got this. I don't need that rule to help me. But wisdom says, ah, not so fast. You need this rule too. All right? All right, maybe, maybe you're doing great so far. How about this one? Number five. Have you ever hung out with a person you knew was a bad influence? Some of you are sitting next to him right now. Wisdom makes the connection between your friends and your future. And, and so, look, these, these are just five easy questions. If you scored a three or above, then I think you need wisdom. If you scored less than three, then I'm going to add a sixth one is, have you ever lied in church? Because you just did, <laughs> and you fail the quiz. <laughs> you fail the quiz. Here's what I want to share with you this morning is that God has given a word to the wise. God has given his word, a word to the wise. And and I want to talk about two ways that he's done this, that he's given a word to the wise. And so the the first way that, that God's given us his wisdom is that he had it written down. God, this is so smart of God. He he knows that we forget. He knows that we don't always get things the first time. So he says, guess what? I am going to write down my wisdom. I am going to preserve these these texts all throughout antiquity. Do you know how hard it is to do that? Do you know how many wars have been fought and buildings have been burned up and kings have died and stuff has been lost to history, yet we've got a collection of 66 books with 40 different authors in three languages written on three different continents that survived antiquity. It all works together and it's all promoting wisdom in your life. That's amazing. And now you've got it on your phone in your pocket available anytime you want. In any translation, any language you want. And so God has written down his wisdom for us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God. That word in in the Greek, the phrase is God breathed. He breathed it through people and they wrote it down. All scripture is God breathed. It's inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is not, let me just say this. I love the practicality of Scripture. It's not just, okay, you read this, this is what we do. We read this big book, and you need to read it every day. All right? It's not an arbitrary rule that you have to, I'm a Christian, I have to look at this book. That's not what it is. It's useful. It's useful. Scripture is useful. It's helpful. It helps you. It's a benefit to you. It's not a have to. It's a you should want to situation. And so it's useful. I love that. Okay, so scripture is inspired by God, useful to teach us what is true, make us realize what's wrong in our lives, 
It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it, Scripture, to prepare and equip his people for every good work. Do you want to be a part of every good work? Do you, do you want to be a help to those around you? No, I just want to be a drain on everyone around me. I want to be a big, fat problem. No, you want to be a help, right? Okay, well, Scripture exists to help you become that. His wisdom has been written down for you. That's awesome. It's been preserved over thousands of years. And you have the opportunity to engage in Scripture. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. Jesus is talking uh, to the Sadducees, and they asked him a complicated question about resurrection. They're trying to trick him. They're trying to trap him. Jesus is smarter than they are. And, it's, and it, so he gives them an answer. But before he gives them the answer, this is what he says, Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, Because Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Look, how many of us were floating through life Life is happening to us, and our mistake is that we just don't know the scriptures. And we're asking all kinds of crazy questions of God. God, why this? Why that? He's like, look, you don't know the scriptures. I've written it down for you. Wisdom is available for you. Look, I encourage you. I understand parts of the Bible I'm going through, um, I've never done. I've read the, the whole Bible, but I've never done a read a Bible in a year plan. Uh, that seems weird to me. Why a year? Like why, like, why is that some arbitrary time that you're supposed to finish Scripture? But I'm doing it anyway just to say I've done it. <clears throat> I, I don't like the way it chops up context. It just, it, I, don't, I don't like it, but I'm doing it. And, and so, and so w- there are parts of Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, it's like, oh, man, I don't care who begat who. I don't... That's not interesting. Oh, that was his son. Okay, cool, great. But here's the thing. In Scripture, if you will read it in its proper context, you will find life. You will find health. You will find hope. You will find the things that you want for this life. Look, God can blow on and inspire even some of the begat stuff, and all of a sudden you've got a treasure in your heart, a revelation from God. Look, don't ignore the Scripture. Now, let me tell you about a specific book, book of the Bible real quick that you need to know about when we're talking about wisdom. It's the book of Proverbs. Okay? The book of Proverbs is an amazing, an amazing book. It was written and compiled by Solomon, who's known to be the wisest person that ever lived. We're going to talk about Solomon in two weeks. Next weekend is the Empower Conference, but after that, our last foolproof sermon, I'm going to be sharing with you about Solomon and some of the amazing things he did and some of the boneheaded things that he did. Even though he was a wise man, he made some really bad decisions, and we're going to learn from that in two weeks. But, but that's Solomon. So Now, let me, under, let me just define a proverb. This is, again, reading Scripture in context is really, really important, and we don't do it as a whole, and you really should. So let me explain what a proverb is. A proverb is a brief, witty saying that's meant to illustrate a truth. It's a brief, witty saying. It's pithy. It's like... It's short, succinct, to the point. Last week I said it's kind of like a tweet, right? It's kind of like a tweet of information. We have our own modern proverbs. You know these. Two wrongs don't make a... All right, so that's a proverb, okay? Uh, Here's another one. The squeaky wheel gets the... 
What does that mean? It means that whoever makes the most noise is going to get the most attention, right? But it's a proverb. It's said in a witty way that you can remember, okay? Uh, when the going gets tough, the tough... I see you guys all know these pro- These are proverbs. They're modern proverbs. Well, Solomon collected these in the ancient world. He not only wrote his own proverbs, but he, he took, pro- as, he, as his fame grew and people came to visit him and, and he went and visited other people, he would collect the different wise sayings and he put it together in a book. And he, he would give it to his children. He would give it to his leaders in his kingdom and he would say, hey, you need to become wise too. That's what the book of Proverbs is. Now, this is really important that you understand this. There are different types of scriptures. A proverb is not a command. A command is something like love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's, we, we studied that in January when we talked about engage. God said, love, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's a command. That's something that he's saying you need to do this. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's, but a proverb is not a command, Okay? Now, a proverb is also not a promise. Here's an example of a promise in Scripture. Is that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's what Paul wrote, right? Amazing passage of Scripture. It's a promise. That's an unconditional promise. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. God's love is not based on what you do. It's based on who you know. It's actually based on what he says of you. And so, and so that's an unconditional promise. There are conditional promises all throughout Scripture as well. We can call those an if-then promise. If my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will come and heal their land. So that's a conditional promise. If you do this, then this will happen. There are other pro- But a proverb is not a promise. It's not a command or a promise. A proverb is an observation about the way things generally work. It's an observation about the way things in general work. There are going to be some exceptions. I'll give you an example. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Well, what about someone who wins the lottery? Well, they've got a lot of wealth, and they can be lazy. So there are some exceptions. I know some people that work really, really, really hard their whole life, but because of, 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 of their skill level and their education level, they work really hard, but they never get what we would call rich. But in general, that's an observation that the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. That's a proverb. It's not a command. It's not a promise. It's an observation. Okay, are you with me? Another example is Proverbs 31. Most of you ladies, if you've been in church, you've heard about Proverbs 31, the godly wife, the, the, the amazing woman. Well, in Proverbs 31, it, it describes her. It says that she buys a field and she plants a vineyard. Well, that doesn't mean you have to be into real estate and grapes to be a godly woman. Oh, you're a godly woman? Let me see. Let me see your field. Where's your vineyard? No, no, no. So it's just giving an example of the type of person, right? And so you need to be careful when you read a proverb. It's not a command. It's an opportunity. It's not a promise. It's an observation of truth, okay? So 
Proverbs, now let me let you know this, as, as, as you read the Proverbs, I want you to understand there are four different players in the Proverbs, types of people. There are four types of people that on a regular basis are talked about over and over and over, okay? The first one is the simple. Some translations call this person the simpleton. The simple person is someone who hasn't taken the time to learn the truth. They're just totally ignorant of the truth. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. So the simple person or the simpleton is like, Hey, life is cool. It's just do, 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 do. Not paying attention, not listening to instruction, not even trying to figure out what's life. They're just, hey. Right? It's a simple person, an ignorant person. You don't want to be simple. The, 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 the Proverbs talk about what happens to the simple person, and it's not good. We need to seek out wisdom, not just walk through life without wisdom. Now, the, the next person that the Proverbs talk about a lot is the fool. You'll hear the fool does this, the fool does this. A fool is someone who hears the truth but doesn't obey it. So while the simple is someone who just doesn't know the truth, the, the fool has heard the truth. But he's just like, ah, eh, I've got a better way. I'll just roll the dice on this. I, I think I might be able to. I think I might be able to do this on my own. Thanks, but no thanks. That's the fool, right? Proverbs eighteen two says that fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. <laughs> some of you know some people like that. And you're like, hey, man. Some of you people are that. And you're like, hey, let me. Let me tell you, here's a better way. And you're like, no, let me tell you what I think. No, me, I. Okay, cool, cool. You're a fool. According to the Proverbs, you're a fool. We don't want to be fools. Even worse than a fool is the scoffer. The scoffer. Some translations, the newer ones call this guy a mocker. Some of the older ones say a scorner. But the scoffer is someone who arrogantly fights against the truth. Okay, so the simpleton, the simple, is like, is there truth? The fool is like, I've heard it, but ah, no thanks. And the scoffer is like, I don't like your truth, and I'm going to fight you over it. That's the scoffer. There's some serious warnings about scoffers in Scripture. It's, it's, someone, it's someone that you, you probably need to leave alone. It's probably someone you need to separate from when it comes to your relationship with them. Because Proverbs 9, 7 and 8 says, Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. Verse 8 says, Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. You know, a scoffer, and, and you see these, they're all on the internet, right? Internet warriors, keyboard warriors. And, and you say something biblically, it's like very difficult to misunderstand. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, if that were true, then this. And you're like, okay, you're a scoffer. Bye-bye. And I, look, I, I tend to want to engage with people no matter what. And I'm like, yeah, but you should. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, and it's like, what are you thinking? Look, they have trained their hearts in bitterness to reject and fight against the truth. And the Proverbs talk about it. And honestly, it's better that you just leave them alone. It's better that you don't even engage with them. The fourth person in Proverbs, though, is the wise. This is, this is, this is the person we want to be. We don't want to be the ignorant or the simple. We don't want to be the fool who's rebellious. We don't want to be the scoffer who's angry. 
and arrogant, but we want to be the wise. The wise is someone who receives the truth and applies it skillfully. Someone who walks in wisdom. Proverbs 14, 33 says, Wisdom finds rest in the heart of an understanding person. Even fools recognize this. That's where we want to be. We want wisdom to make its home in our hearts. We want to be wise people. I encourage you, read the book of Proverbs. Someone a long time ago did a lot of work and put together a whole bunch of wise sayings and you get the opportunity to read it. Now, here's what's cool about it is that there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and for most months, there are 31 days of the month. So that means that you can read a proverb a day. It's, it's not that long, okay? And, and a lot of them, it's now, today's the 10th. Is today the 10th? Some of, y'all don't know. I don't know what I'm asking y'all. Y'all are like, I don't know. So the 10th, this is simple. The 10th. Just joking. I'm playing. I love you. I don't know either. So the tenth, the tenth. So on the tenth, you read Proverbs chapter. Y'all are the wise. I like it. You read Proverbs chapter ten, and this is cool about Proverbs chapter ten. Leading up to Proverbs chapter ten is Solomon's kind of musings and thoughts about why you should be wise. But but chapter ten is when he starts. Just boom, like one verse is one proverb. So they're they're not necessarily connected. It's not like 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 starting in chapter ten, like ver, like verse one is a proverb, verse two is a proverb, verse three is a proverb. It's just boom, boom, boom. It's awesome, and it continues all the way through thirty one. And so you can read a proverb a day. It's a really easy way to become wise. And Lin-Lin, before you read it, say, say, hey, Holy Spirit, I want wisdom. And so I ask that you speak to me through the scripture. Because God wrote down his wisdom for us. He's given us a word to the wise. Here's the other way, besides writing it down, here's the other way that God has given us a word to the wise is that the Holy Spirit speaks it. Not only has, has God written down his wisdom, but the Holy Spirit speaks his wisdom. Now, this is really cool, and I, and I, and I want you to get this. John chapter 16, um, verses 12 through 15. This is Jesus talking. It's towards the end of his ministry, and he's warning the disciples he's about to go away, everything's about to change. And he says this, there's so much more I want to tell you, says Jesus to his disciples, but you, but you can't bear it now. And you're not ready for it yet. But when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He w- wouldn't that be nice to know? Well, yeah, to be warned about something before it happens. Well, the Holy Spirit does that. That's what scripture just says. He will warn you. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now, this is incredible. This is the, un- the unity of God, is that the Father has all knowledge, all wisdom, all love, all everything. And then all of that's available to the Son, Jesus. But Jesus isn't here. I mean, he's not, he's not here. He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit is here. He lives in you. He's on you. He's everywhere. 
And he tells us what Jesus is saying, which is from the treasure trove of knowledge and wisdom that the Father has. Are you with me? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? So not only is it written down, but it's spoken to you. The Holy Spirit can speak to you his wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 11 through 14, the Apostle Paul is talking. He says this, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So what does that mean? It means... The Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to you in spiritual terms about your life. But you have to humble yourself and learn to hear in a spiritual plane, in a spiritual hearing, so that you can receive. Because the information from the Spirit doesn't make sense to the flesh. Have you ever had God tell you to do something? You felt like that nudge to do something? You're like, well, that doesn't make sense. You did it anyway, you're like, wow, thanks God, that was great. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit, he's always talking. Now, let me just say this. Um, Some people really react to the concept of of God talking to people. Um, I I once shared something. Imagine this on social media and someone didn't agree. And I was talking about hearing the voice of God. And someone told me, if you want to hear God talk... Read the Bible out loud. Okay. I mean, that's true. The the scripture is God's words. But he was saying, don't listen for any other further instruction. That flies in the face of the Bible he just told me to read out loud. Because in, in John 14, 16, it says that the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. He doesn't cease giving gifts. He doesn't stop talking just because a book was written. He's with us forever. And so I encourage you, you know, learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just tell you real quick. He sounds a good bit like you. Because it's your own thoughts. He speaks through your own thoughts. And so you have to learn to discern how do we do that. Well, let me end with this concept. Your word needs a word. Your word needs a word. What I mean, your written word... See, the written word is God's general instruction to everyone. And the spoken word is God's specific instruction to you. So I'll give you an example. There's a lot in Scripture about how I should treat my wife. But there's nothing in Scripture about who I should marry. So the written word is the general instructions for everyone. Here's how, if you're married, here's how you should treat your spouse. While the spoken word from the Holy Spirit is the one that tells you who I can't open up First Jamie chapter three. Oh, there she is, Tiffany. I can't. That's not, it's not in there. So you have to hear from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So your word needs a word. Your written word needs a needs a spoken word, and your spoken word needs a written word. 
See, God has given to you his written word and his spoken word. You need both, and both need each other. Let me, let me teach you two words here. You may have heard these in Greek. It's logo, logos and, uh, and rhema. Uh, some people say logos. That's fine, too. Um, the logos of God is all communication by God. I've heard some people say the logos is the written word, the rhema is the spoken word. That's not technically true. Logos is all communication. Anything that's written, anything that's spoken, anything that's experienced, any kind of experiential communication from God is the logos. And then uh, the rhema is a subset of the logos. It is the spoken word. It's, the, it's speech. It's talking. So Jesus, in John 1, when it, says, when it says that Jesus is the word, the word here is logos. Jesus is the communication of the Father. The Father communicated to you through the life of Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than, in, than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Soul, spirit, body, the three parts of who you are. The word, logos, is the word used here in Hebrews 4.12. The logos can get in there and can, and can pierce through all the confusion and figure out what's really going on. That's wisdom. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word for sword here in Greek is machaira. It's, it's a knife, a small sword, or even a surgeon's scalpel. It's not a big, long sword. It's a smaller one. It was the one that they would carry for personal defense on their side. And, and, and it, was, it, was very, it was sharper. So the, the word of God, the, the logos of God, the communication of God, whether it's written, spoken, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, scalpel even. And it can pierce and divide our intents and our thoughts. Your word needs a word. We all need the word. We all need to hear what God is saying to us. Your written word needs a spoken word, and your spoken word needs a written word. How many people have said, well, I feel like I've heard from God to do X, Y, and Z, and you're like, that ain't right. Why? Because the written word forbids it. But then there are areas where the written word is wonderful, but it doesn't go into detail for your specific life. You need a rhema word. You need a Holy Spirit word. And his wisdom is spoken in both ways. God's wisdom is revealed most clearly when both words, the spoken and written, work together. This should be our goal for wisdom. This should be our goal from hearing from the Lord because he has given us a word to the wise. And my question to you this morning is simple. Are you receiving God's word to the wise? Are you just going through life and hoping for the best? Are you using the wisdom of the world and just doing what everyone else says? There's a better way. There's a better way of living. And I can't make you live that way. I can only teach and hope that you respond. Let's stand for prayer. I want us to be wise. I want us to be a wise people, a wise church family. I want us to be people that love the written word of God.
and honor it. And I also want us to be people that learn to listen to the spoken word of God. And we treat both with honor and respect. That's what I really want for us. But we've got to be confronted with this truth. It requires activity on our behalf. It requires a response from us. So if you will, close your eyes. I always like for us to respond to what the Lord's doing. Close your eyes. Begin to, begin to, to internalize this message. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what have you spoken to me through this message? Ask yourself, am I receiving God's word to the wise? Maybe you really know the written word well, but you aren't pursuing the spoken word. Or maybe you just love putting on worship music and soaking and hearing the voice of God, just being with him, but you don't know the word. You don't know the written word. Come on, you need both. Are you receiving God's word to the wise? Maybe you've never experienced Jesus as the word, the communication of God. Maybe Jesus has just been a story that you were taught as a kid, but it's time for you to really make a decision and say, you know what, I recognize Jesus, the real person, was God. He was God's communication to me. He reveals what God thinks. He reveals, Jesus reveals what God is like, and he is my ability to connect to God. Maybe you've never made that connection before. Maybe you've never actually received Jesus, not only as Savior, but as King. If you've never realized that your sin can be forgiven, can be washed away, if you will repent of it and turn away from it and turn towards God's wisdom. With every every head bowed, every eye closed still, look, if that's you, I'm not going to call you up in this moment, but I want to know, I want to know if it's time for you to make that first-time decision. That you, you, you need to follow Jesus, not just know about him, but you need to receive Jesus as the word, the communication of God. Any first time, any, anyone who needs to make that decision, raise your hand. I want to see so I can pray with you, and I'll give you instructions in a little bit. Lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. I want, to, I want to lead all of us in a prayer where we receive the wisdom of God. We receive the word to the wise. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you take the wisdom of the Father, speak it to the Holy Spirit, and he can share it with me. Thank you that you wrote down your wisdom for me to read. I make the commitment to you that I'm going to listen to your wisdom, the wisdom that's written and the wisdom that's spoken. I'm going to pledge my life to studying your wisdom and to hearing from you. I ask for help. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Guide me. And teach me. I receive your wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Val, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. 
For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.